What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Disorder Podcast, episode 62. I'm your host, the Forte Jorge, with, for the third or fourth time, recurring guest, Kenny O. What's number up, three? Number three? Yeah. Number yeah. Three. The most appearances on the Gaming Disorder Podcast to date. That's an honor. I appreciate yeah. it. Glad to be old, here. Old, old faithful. We're going to start yeah. calling you. Always you know? ready. Anytime. Yeah. Always <laughs> I know it's been a while since you've been on the show. Uh, tell me how 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 have you been? How how's the games going? How's the boy? I've been good. Um, you know, work's been crazy, so haven't had quite as much time to game as I'd like. But um, you know, still fit some time to fit in, mm-hmm. or find some time to fit it in. I should say. Um, got uh, the new Uncharted been diving into that mm-hmm. um i uh it's funny i was on the fence about buying it uh, it was a while ago since i played it so it's long enough that i kind of don't remember it but you know you, it's kind of that old familiar feeling so you're not quite as lost on the puzzles and the mazes and yeah and whatnot um you know the control scheme kind of came back to me but playing that was trying to decide whether to buy it and i logged into playstation and and realized it was only $10 since I'd already bought it before. So I was like, that's a no brainer. Yeah. Let me go to pick that up. And, um, I'm almost done with that. And, um, debating on, am I going to wait for horizon? Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Or am I going to put that on hold and dive back into destiny? Okay. That's the, yeah. uh, the big question right now. Um, it's a big investment. Yeah. Well, time-wise. well, the good thing is we're going to be talking about a lot of big investments involving Destiny a little bit later throughout the show. But um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I'll be honest. I was late to the Uncharted, um, not hype, but the Uncharted train, if you will. I remember my first, I think it was my first PS3 that I bought because I've talked about how I was actually late to the PS3 generation. I bought it and the bundle came with Uncharted 3. The problem was like I hadn't played Uncharted 1 and 2 and you could probably I would argue you could probably hop into Uncharted 3 a lot easier than you can into Uncharted 4 without playing the previous titles. And you know, one day I was just like, man, like Uncharted, Sony Staple, Naughty Dog, Sony First Party I'm obviously an avid fan of Sony. I believe you are as well. And I'm like, I have to, and obviously pre-Last of Us, you know, like this is what yeah. preceded yeah. Last of Us. So I, I one day got the Nathan Drake collection, played through one, really enjoyed it, played through two, also really enjoyed it, um, and got halfway through three. And whatever was going on at that time, you know, I just never went back to it, but I do really, really want to go back to it at some point because I did thoroughly enjoy those games. You know, they are from the PS3 era and they feel a little bit different because they feel like, I know it's going to sound weird, Uncharted 3, or at least the first three, still feel like games. 
as opposed yeah. to like the last of us part one and two they feel like experiences i know it sounds kind of yeah. weird um but like i would happily play uncharted for fun i am probably yeah. never going to play the last of us part two for fun like yeah no i i yeah i i'm with you that's more of a of, yeah you're right that's that's a deep dive that's an experience yeah um i believe i think i started with uncharted 3 as well mm -hmm. played through it and you know wasn't yeah i liked it i enjoyed it um back then i i preferred the the gaming um kind of the the story genre yeah. i guess you know a game with a good story i wasn't much into multiplayer never really been much into multiplayer so i wasn't really looking at games that didn't have kind of a narrative and things like that so i you know obviously uncharted great narrative great gameplay i enjoyed three and but four really i really liked it yeah um yeah. you know i'm i'm big into history uh you know, pirates, the idea of, you know, the whole pirate thing has always been something that's been interesting to me. And um, that um, that kind of historical twist uh, myth type thing. Um, I don't know if, if you ever heard of an author called Clive Clusler. Mm -hmm. He writes these books. Yeah. Um, the, I'm a big, I would love those books. Yeah. You know, I love the mix of history with a little bit of myth and to kind of, you know, kind of weave that into a story and, you know, that, you know, Atlantis, things like that. Oh, yeah. So it reminds me a little bit of that in a way. And um, Uncharted 4 adds that little bit, it's a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So you don't get bored with one thing. It's not too many puzzles, but there's some fun puzzles. Um, you know, there's obviously the clip hanging and all that stuff, but it's not exclusively that. And then they throw in some gunplay and some, you know, a little bit of stealth in there. Yeah. So that mix. I love that when we look at, and I've made this comparison a few times, like Nathan Drake is kind of like the modern day Indiana Jones. Like yeah, he's an explorer, absolutely. he's cool, he's witty. There's like all this historical stuff involved, but there's always like that hint of like, not extraterrestrial, but like this hint of like um, supernatural elements sprinkled in there, but not so much to where you're like oh this is kind of where it's like it feels i know it's gonna sound weird because we're talking about a game but like plausible you know like believable yeah, yeah. um very much so it's funny you say that because that's um pretty much literally what i told judith when i was explaining mm -hmm. the game to her that it's a little bit like indiana jones yeah. like this is kind of his thing she had seen the trailer to the uh tom holland uh movie that's coming out you know, I like Tom Holland. He's an awesome Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I, I like. He seems like a cool kid. I mean, whatever. But I just don't see Nathan Drake, especially now that I'm playing the game again. Yeah. You know, I'm play, having played it four, four, four or five years ago, however long it was, watching the trailer, I'm like, okay, maybe. Then I played the game, and I'm like, no, that's not – so I, I don't know, but, you know, I I'll give it a chance. I am so happy you brought up the Uncharted movie because I told Kelsey, I was like, hey, we're going to set a date because Kelsey lives in Michigan, Indiana, actually, um, and I live in Tennessee. I was like, we need to go watch it the same day, roughly at the same time, so we can talk about it on uh, the show. Um, here's the thing. As, you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that video game movies or movie adaptations of video games, I should say, I feel like they're kind of an oxymoron because the film industry is so radically different from the games industry. 
people who have never heard of Uncharted are going to go watch the Uncharted movie. And yeah. just because Mark Wahlberg is in it, which I've said this on the past before several times, I fucking hate Mark Wahlberg, okay? He's the <laughs> same guy in every movie. Every movie I've ever yeah, seen him in. Yeah, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. Like, uh, it, he's like, I don't even know if he's in on the joke because like Nick Cage is in on the joke because Nicolas yeah. Cage is now in a movie where he's playing Nicolas Cage. And I'm like, oh, you're so self-aware that yeah. this works. But my utter hatred for Mark Wahlberg aside, when I first heard they were going to do an Uncharted movie, I was like, okay, if you're going to do a film based off of a PlayStation franchise, Uncharted kind of works. Why? Because yep. Indiana Jones exists. So I'm like, yep. if you're able to do a movie like Indiana Jones and have it be a thing, Uncharted is just kind of like a revamped version of it. Now, when they said it was primarily going to be the story of Uncharted 3, I was like, okay, cool. There is that section in Uncharted 3... I mean, I guess light spoilers, but how old is Uncharted 3? You had time to play it. Um, you you have a section where you play as young Nathan Drake. And yep. when they said that they were going to have Tom Holland in the Uncharted movie, I was like, man, Tom Holland would make a great young Nathan young. Drake. That's correct. And then when I heard, oh, no, this is just the Nathan Drake in the movie. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just do not see mark Wahlberg as sully that doesn't it just i, I don't see the connection when i think no. of like who would have made a great sully is sean connery still alive or is he dead yeah okay he doesn't act anymore though yeah sean connery i thought would have made a a good sully um <clears throat> who is the guy in the avatar movie who's like the colonel oh yeah yeah but he's too he's more of a bad guy i know yeah. what you're talking about i don't know his name I guess yeah. I guess he could be a he could be a Sully. Yeah, I again having in being in the game right now playing. Yeah, and you know diving in with the characters. You 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 said it best. It it lends itself to a movie, same as as Last of Us. Yeah, I mean if you take Last of Us and you cut out the actual gameplay, it's a movie. You just cut it as back it as um clips or you know um, cutscenes. yeah it's a phenomenal movie and people have done that on youtube they have spliced um, all yeah, of the, the footage and they put interstitials to make up for some of the gameplay bits um mm-hmm. i'm honestly more excited for the last of us hbo series than i am yep. for the uncharted movie because first of all neil Druckmann of naughty dog is directly involved with it Second of all, it's from the people that did that Chernobyl miniseries on HBO that I am a diehard fan of. That is an incredible series. Yep. Um, also, Nick Offerman plays Bill, which I thought was pretty funny because I'm like, I can see it for him. Bill, and you know what the funny thing is? This is so funny. I'm about, I'm about to connect these two points. The first time I ever saw anyone playing with The Last of Us was I came over to your house and you were doing, I don't know why I remember this memory so vividly, probably because it's The Last of Us and I remember having a really good time about it, was because I showed up and you were doing the part where you're kind of like avoiding the sniper shots in Bill's town. Uh-huh. Yep. And I remember looking at it, I'm like, oh, this is The Last of Us, because of course I'd heard of it. Like I said, fan of Sony, I just hadn't dove into it because at that point I hadn't even played Uncharted. So to be honest... My only connection for Naughty Dog was, oh, they used to do Crash Bandicoot, and then they did Uncharted. So I didn't know what The Last of Us was yet. And I remember seeing you play it, and you're kind of like moving from car to car, crouching, and then he has tripwires, and I was like, this looks fucking awesome. So 
and also uh was it pedro pascal is joel i can kind of, i can see it i'll be honest i, I can, can see, see it yeah. um yeah. and that girl i forget her name but the girl from game of thrones as ellie I'm like okay yeah. cool like yeah. this relatively makes sense to me um but when they're like oh mark Wahlberg is sully i was like i'll be honest man you could have put steve harvey in that role i probably would have felt better about it than, than mark Wahlberg. but um yeah one day i do want to do an episode of like recasting video game movies with people who i thought would have probably done a better job mads mickelson i think would probably make a good sully i don't know i just like him and everything he does so you ever listen to the uh, rewatchables podcast i've heard of it and I think it's actually on my spot. It's either on my one Spotify, my and one of my favorites. Yeah, and they do a segment. They call it Recasting Couch, and they That's talk about <laughs> you know, popular movies. They they've also um, they've also done like, all right, we'll do this movie, but do it with black actors. Yeah, yeah. You know, give me um, uh, what's the the Scorsese with Leo and Mark Wahlberg. The and Departed. Departed. Yeah. It's like give me the departed, but do it with black actors. Okay. And how do you feel about the departed? By the way, what's that? How do you feel about the departed? I I enjoy it. It's yeah. you know it was good. I think it's vastly uh, overrated. I enjoyed it, but I, I I subscribe to the idea of just because a movie is overly complicated, not that the departed was. Um, I don't necessarily think that makes it a good movie. But I yeah. thought it was fine. I was like, let's maybe not put this on upper echelon movies like we do others. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it was good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, I'm, I guess, looking forward to the Uncharted movie. We'll see how that turns out. Um, we'll probably talk about it on the show, Kenny. And if you see it before I do, I would love to, to talk with you about it. Because like I said, Tom Holland, greatest Spider-Man. Fantastic. Oh, man, Probably yeah. one of the best Spider-Man, in my opinion. Um, and Mark Wahlberg, well, I guess he's there, too. So uh, <laughs> He's a lot more, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, God, I hate him so much. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, in terms of, like, things that I have been playing, I have been playing a shit ton of Apex Legends. Uh, the most recent season, I think, is ending on Tuesday, and then the new season starts. So me and my friend Michael have been kind of grinding through it, playing a bunch. Um, I think we won two games today. And I've also, I, I want to give out an award uh, to Fallout 4 because okay. I went back to Fallout 4. Now, mind you, I've beaten Fallout 4 like in 2015, whenever the game came out. And then in 2017, I went back and I did another playthrough of it. And I remember enjoying it. Well, I was two trophies short of the Platinum Trophy for Fallout 4. Um, one of which was to collect, you had these little bobbleheads. And there's 20 of them in the game. And I think I had maybe like maybe like 12 of them. And I was like, I already have more than half. I could probably just dedicate like one whole day to this. Get the rest of the little bobbleheads. And, you know, get that one, you know, that second to last trophy. The problem with that is all the bobbleheads, it's not like, oh, go into this town, walk into the library, and it's sitting on the shelf. No, it's like, go to this building. It's also like a super mutant, heavily fortified base, and the bobblehead is at the end after you kill all the enemies. Yeah. So, got that. Make yeah, and then the other one was Fallout 4 introduced this mechanic of settlements, and within this boundary in the settlements, you can 
uh, dismantle things for uh, components, and then you can build stuff. You can build defenses, resources, water, food, stores, furniture, all sorts of things. And there was a trophy for getting 100% happiness with a large settlement. This was the last trophy I had. I've been trying to get this trophy since fucking 2015. And it is the most difficult thing I think I've ever had to do because all the conditions had to be just right. And it takes in real world time for it to pass because the happiness meter needs to kind of just go up slowly and gradually. And everyone needs to have water and a bed and a chair to sit in and a radio to listen to. So I finally get that. So I do want to give Fallout uh, for the you can go fuck yourself for this bullshit trophy award um, (laughs) for making me do that. But um, what I'm doing now is the one thing that kind of aggravates me about the PlayStation trophy system is that you can get the platinum for a game. But if the game has DLC, the DLC has a separate trophy list. So it'll say that you have 75 percent of the trophies, but that you have the platinum. That's just because the remaining 25% are DLC trophies. Um, Now, of course, the opposite of this is, oh, you need to get the DLC to get the Platinum, which I'm much happier with the way it is now because I don't want a game to have to make me pay extra money to get a Platinum trophy. So I'll take it. So I'm going through and I'm playing all the DLC for Fallout 4 I'm having a really good time with it. I forgot how much I love this game. And then I forgot how shitty it's going to be when inevitably um, Fallout 5 comes out and we don't get to play it on PlayStation because uh, Xbox bought Bethesda. But uh, we'll talk about Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still in the, the that Marvel game. Still got the, the hooks in me, that, mo- that mobile game. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that mo- Marvel Strike Force. Yeah. You know, it's typical mobile you know you can pay money if you want free to play if you want i'm kind of in the middle you know i'll throw five ten dollars at it from time to time not too much but it's it's almost gotten where it's like a stress reliever yeah you know get up in the morning do a couple things on it Mm -hmm. you know take a little break at work do a couple things on it but it's almost like the collection aspect that i really love i love the you know just just the it's the slow play of it is, is satisfying. Yeah. So it's satisfying when you actually get to a certain point. But um, but yeah, trying to make time for for the PlayStation is tough sometimes. But yeah. you know, we we make it work. Yeah. Luckily, like I said, I come home sometimes. My friend Michael, if he's on, he'll text me. He's like, "Do you want to play Apex?" I'm like, "Sure." We'll play for a couple hours. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm usually playing Fallout. Um, I do want to go back in. I'm not 100 sure if there's a PS5 native port of Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, even if there's not, yeah, even if there's not, which I don't think there is, I'm, I want to go back and play it from scratch, um, before Forbidden West comes out because that game, I saw the first couple of trailers for it. And then I just put myself on media blackout for it. I was like, I'm sold. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see any more. I would be shocked if Forbidden West is anything less than like an 8.5, 9, 10. I would be shocked. Um, I don't think I'd have time to go through the first one. The first one was just so, so vast. I yeah. mean, you know, and the thing that, that captivated me about the first one is I spent, I had more resources than I knew, knew what to do with because yeah. it was so satisfying to just roam the countryside Very. and kill those, those dinosaurs and just collect twigs and shit. Yeah. I mean, All the it components was so satisfying and... to just walk around. Oh, yeah. That 
I'd spend hours just, you know, it reminded me too of this. It was the same phenomenon, same thing with Spider-Man. Oh yeah. It was so satisfying to web swing around the city that I had all the little collectibles done. Backpacks and. and, uh, Yeah, all of them because I just, that's all I wanted to do for hours. Just, you know, same thing with GTA when you drive around, it's like, yeah, but with that, you're not really collecting anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I put Horizon Zero Dawn in the same um, style of play that I do like a Far Cry game where Far Cry is very similar in the sense of, like, once the game basically stops holding your hand and says, hey, go do what you want to do, I make it a point to, if there's things that reveal more of the map, I always try to do those first. You know, in Horizon, you have the tall necks and you climb them, and then it, it, it opens up the area on the map and you can see it. In Far Cry, you liberate outposts, and I always try to do those first. Um, but I, I once I probably finish my DLC run of Fallout 4, I'll probably get back into um, the first Horizon, just because I'm definitely going to need that refresher of what happened in it. Not that I forgot about it, but I always... It's like right before Last of Us Part 2 came out, I replayed through The Last of Us. And yeah. um, it felt more like a cohesive story... So I'm excited. Yeah, Last of Us. Uh, I'm sorry, not Last of Us. Uh, Forbidden West. That's this month, February. Um, Dying Light 2, yep. I think, is also this month. I'm pretty excited for that coming up as well. Destiny's this month. Uh, Destiny. Uh, the Witch Queen is this month as well. And also, I don't know. No, I think Gran Turismo is March. I'll have to check in that. But I'm also excited for Gran Turismo um, just because I love that you know, very technical, uh, racing simulator. So, um, but yeah, I mean, speaking of destiny, we might as well just talk about the main topic of, uh, today's episode, uh, which is mainly going to be our news for the week. So in a, what I can say is a surprising move, but not really so microsoft bought activision blizzard and for those of you listening that aren't really sure what falls under the activision blizzard umbrella it is mainly call of duty warcraft overwatch diablo uh tony hawk's pro skater which i mean i don't know if anyone thought about that um so that's all owned by microsoft now i think that the deal is supposed to be finalized somewhere towards the middle of next year but the problem with this i think the is it the fcc they're supposed to be reviewing the purchase to see if like if this is like considered trying to get a monopoly on everything yeah Yeah. uh to see if it's like anti-consumer now i talk mad shit i talk mad shit about sony i talk mad shit about xbox i don't want anyone to think that just because i'm a playstation fan that when playstation does fuck shit that i don't bring it up because i trust me when i say i definitely do um i don't like this and the reason i don't like this is because well one and people probably think that i'm phrasing this this way because of i'm a fan of playstation but honestly if place if the roles were reversed mind you I think this was 69.7 billion 
or something like that, they paid a premium on the share price. I think the share price was originally close to $70 and they were paying like 95 per share. They actually, yeah. yeah, so they actually paid more than what it was actually valued at. I think that comes off desperate is not the word that I want to use here, but I feel like Microsoft had to be pressed mm-hmm. for them to make an acquisition this big. And when you think of like, and I don't mean this term disparaging, like casual gamers, a lot of them are going to play Call of Duty. A lot of them are going to play Madden. They're going to play NBA 2K and all those games. Call of Duty is one of those games that even if the title is bad, it still sells millions of copies. Like Advanced Warfare, which is like considered to be one of the worst modern Call of Duty games, is still sold millions of copies call of duty ghosts sold millions of copies so i have not played the last two or three call of duty games just because i'm a person that not only values my money i'm a person that values my time and call of duty quickly became like hey buy the game okay cool here's the multiplayer here's the story that literally 20 percent of the people play but then it became you know Fortnite kind of came and changed the way that multiplayer games work. And now every game has like a season pass or a battle pass or what have you. And now it's like, well, buy the game and spend an extra 10 to $20 to get the pass so you can get more stuff. Okay, I guess that's fine. Well, my whole thing with Call of Duty and why I stopped playing it was because I really felt with Call of Duty, I'd be playing it for like three months and I'm already hearing stuff about the next one. Yeah. And I could never feel like, I'm like, I don't want to do all this over. And I don't want to have to redo all this stuff every year. Like, yeah. I don't. Like, yeah. that's why I like Apex Legends. Like, I've been playing it since day one. And it's not like, oh, Apex Legends 2 next year. And, you know, it's different. One's yeah. a free-to-play battle royale. And one is a first-person shooter, kind of competitive online multiplayer. But I just don't like... The, the tone that this takes for the industry because I don't want Sony to have to respond or feel like they have to respond by purchasing another studio or anything like that. And my question is, and why I wanted to talk with you about this, Kenny, is because, you know, you are, you know, a player of Call of Duty as well. Um, I don't know how active you are, but you play Destiny as well, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I just wonder, is this sustainable for Microsoft? Because Microsoft has Xbox Games Pass, which I have said many times on the show, it is a great value for Xbox players. Because I don't know how much Xbox Games Pass costs. It's like 10 or $20 a month. But you basically have access to everything first party that Xbox has. And with them constantly, but like they bought Bethesda, now they bought Activision Blizzard. Theoretically, all these games can be given to you on Games Pass. But now my question is, the more you buy and the more it's under your umbrella, is that more that you have to provide in Games Pass for the same price? Because a couple of months ago, I think last year, they tried to raise the price of Xbox Games Pass. And everyone was furious about it to the point that they reverted their decision. So now it's like, are you kind of put into this corner where you can't raise the price of it but you're buying all these new studios and now because they're under your umbrella you have to put them in games pass for people to feel like they're getting you know 
the most for their money? And is it like sustainable over time, especially with the scope of what's under uh, Microsoft's umbrella, you know, getting bigger and bigger? Yeah, I mean, you know, people are going to want as much as they can get and they're not going to want to pay more. I mean, that's just a fact of life. Um, you know, I mean, everybody, every time Netflix raises by a few dollars, everybody goes ape shit. Yeah. And, you know, and even though there's so much content on there and there's so much original content, I mean, you know, it's each person's got to determine what the value for them is. I, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of the, of of them doing this. Um, I, I think by default it's anti-consumer. I mean, it may not be a huge difference. You know, and I know Bungie, not to um, jump ahead, mm-hmm. but, you know, with or Sony buying Bungie, yeah. I know Bungie come out and said, you know, we're committed to making Destiny a, you know, multi-platform. Yeah. Um, and they're working to, you know, get it cross-platform, yep. across all of them. And, you know, they've already ended pretty much the Microsoft, or excuse me, the Sony exclusives that they used to have, where we'd get an extra strike and, um, you know, an extra exotic and things like that. And. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think yeah. it's good for anyone. Um, you know, I mean, I know you have your hardcore gamers that are going to buy both a PlayStation and an Xbox. I've never been that. I've never been there. Yeah. Um, I've always been okay with the fact that there's going to be games on Xbox. I'm just not going to play. And there's, you know, I picked Sony back in the day because really one of the main reasons was um, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. That, you know, and Metal Gear Solid. Those were the two big exclusives that made me pick Sony. And then now it's just a, a case of the controller fitting in my hand. Yeah. You know, uh, that's the main reason. It, it's really not as much loyal to Sony. I mean, I just, you know, that's what I chose, and that's kind of the the path that I went. Um, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. I'm going to angle my camera for a second. All right. Who do you think is keeping me company here? All right. It's not Master Chief and those big sausages and suits from Gears of War. I don't even know any of their names, but I don't know if you can see up there. I have a statue of Ellie from The Last of Us Part Two and then Jin Sakai's mask from Ghost of Tsushima. Um, Two amazing exclusives. And I will say this, and you can people can call it talking shit all they want. Xbox has never made a game as good as The Last of Us. Xbox no. has never made a game as good as God of War, uh, the 2018 one. Corey Barlar, what up? Um, Last of Us Part Two. I'd even argue Ghost of Tsushima in recent, you know, talkings as Marvel's Spider-Man. Like, I, I just like if you know how they do verses of like, oh, here's yeah, here's yeah. Dipset versus uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Locks versus Locks, yeah. the best verses ever. Oh, shout out! I, I really want to talk. Oh, I'm so happy you said that because that uh, I was so watching this. Proud. I was like, someone is getting shot tonight. <laughs> I was so proud. Yeah, because Jada so keeps the whole time. I was like, man, yeah, just do balling and shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh my god, it was awesome. And also, shout out to I think it was was it Styles P, who was the only person during that versus to be like, hey, rest in peace, Max B. Max B, who was heavily affiliated with Dipset, yeah. not even anyone, but whatever. Anyway, uh, that'll be another conversation for another day. Um, but I just if Sony bought Activision, which they wouldn't, because I don't. Sony definitely doesn't have the money that Microsoft does. Like no. they don't. But the thing is, well, 
I mean, subdued it. I think that Microsoft being like software mm-hmm. and all of the stuff that they do for like offices and Microsoft Office and all that shit. Like, I think that Microsoft definitely has more money to tote around for acquisitions like this than Sony does. I mean, Sony shut down yeah. like their VIO department for making computers. So like, this isn't making. So yeah, money. I'm I'm way off here. I'm I'm not even close. Uh, quick Google search. Microsoft has a market cap of two trillion. Yeah. Sony's is about 150 billion. Yeah. So, uh, needless to say, Microsoft could straight up buy Sony if they prefer to. And you know what? I I said this the other day to someone. I was like, um, Sony should look at, at buying Duracell and Energizer, so that people who play on Xbox can't have batteries to put in their remote. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, and I don't want to come off as petty because honestly, if Sony bought. First of all, if Sony had to buy Activision, what did you say their their market rate was? Their market uh their market cap is 150 billion. Okay, so roughly half yep. of their market cap they would have to spend to get Activision Blizzard. I would still not be happy about it. Now, I made this joke also, and this is just me speaking. If Xbox said no more Call of Duty on PlayStation, I would be fucking thrilled. Please stop showing me Call of Duty every time I open the PlayStation Network store. I don't want to see it. Get these goddamn tryhards off of my console. (laughs) But I say that in jest, but I just don't like the... When people ask me why I'm a fan of Sony, I was like, to me, Sony, it feels like there's a culture there. Like there's a history there. Yes, it preceded Xbox by, you know, however long it did. But I feel like Sony invests in their first parties to make like these great titles. And Microsoft is like, well, let's buy developers that just have popular titles. And those are two very interesting approaches to doing business. But the best way I can compare it to is like, I will always respect the guy who buys like a 94 Nissan 300Z and fixes it up and puts his time and effort into restoring it and making it nice versus the guy who just had a bunch of money and went and bought a Corvette, you know, like that's just kind of how I look at it. Also being a car guy, um, because now, I mean, we, you mentioned it already and we talked that we were going to, you know, bring it up during the show. Sony has bought Bungie, but they have exclusive, they have said explicitly that everything will be cross-platform and I just think it's kind of ironic that now Microsoft owns Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and Sony owns Bungie, who is the originator of the first Halo. So I just think that's, it's like, what, what, what yeah. is this world that we live in? A weird cross. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, yeah. When you put it that way, it makes it really interesting. When I think of Microsoft and Xbox exclusives and, you know, I've, Obviously, I'm not as savvy on that because I've never had an Xbox, but I don't recall them ever really aren't aren't most of their exclusive like first person shooters and more action based titles like the Gears of War or, you know, Halo, obviously. But when I think of Sony's exclusives, I think of these big um, epic, you know, Last of Us, you know, even you know, Metal Gear, what Metal Gear Solid became was not really what Metal Gear Solid started at. No. You know, they started as a big narrative, 
Um, I mean, heck, uh, what was it? Um, what was the was guns of the Patriots yeah. that, I mean, there was like a straight up 45 minute to hour cutscene right in the middle of the damn game. The yoke dynamic, the yoke physics in that game. Was that guns of the Patriots or was that uh sons of Liberty? There's always a cutscene where someone was cooking a yoke, like a sunny side up egg. Oh, that was, um, that was, I think sons of Liberty. This one yeah. was, um, no, the, this was the one that he with all the guns, yeah. uh, you know, where he has, you know, you, you have all those mods and stuff like that. But yeah, there was a straight up like hour cutscene. I remember watching it. Like, wait a minute, have I been watching this for an hour? In Metal Gear, like the cutscene was your reward for like clearing yeah. a section. Yeah. It was like you cleared yeah, this exactly. action section so that you could watch a movie. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's you know the same thing with with Last of Us and even Uncharted. Like you. When I would dive into those games, the desire, you know, Destiny is a different animal. You desire to play Destiny. Yeah, the story's cool and yeah, the lore and everything, but your desire is more to collect and mm-hmm. to make your character better and yeah, you know, get armor and guns. But those uh, Last of Us and, and even Spider Man to a, a certain degree, your desire is to continue the story. Yeah. It, you know, you, you know, Grand Theft Auto, same thing. Like, yeah, it's fun, but your desire is to see what happens next in the story and where these characters are going to go. Yeah, um, and that's the you know what was so amazing about Last of Us. I mean, it just it was emotional. Very. Oh, well, I kid you not. I've said this on the show multiple times. There's a certain section in the Last of Us Part Two where I put the controller down because the game was making me do something. And I was like, I don't want to do this. Like yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't yeah. want to do this. Like, yeah. and it's not like, oh, how could you do that? No, it was like that's how strong it was. I was like, yeah. is the game really about to make me think what I think it's going to? And then it pans out how it pans out. But for a game to have that sort of like impact, and that's just what I'm talking about with like Sony investing in their first party studios and releasing these incredible titles. And now it's just like, oh, well now. Microsoft has Bethesda, which obviously does Fallout, and Starfield is supposed to be coming out probably sometime around 2048, if I had a guess. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that they're they're you know they have Doom and Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein, I believe. And I just, OG. I just, I don't know, man. I don't feel good about it. And it's not even like a, oh, I don't feel good about it because I potentially won't get to play the next fallout. No, I don't feel good about it because I don't think that this is helpful for the industry. Like no, I don't, I don't see how it helps. Um, I don't see how it helps the industry. Um, the interesting thing with, with, with Sony and Bungie is what's in it for Bungie. And, you know, I've, I've seen some, some different takes. And one of the things I, I saw was that Bungie has such a strong desire to bring, um, destiny into other mediums yeah like a movie space you know, or a, a destiny show. television show yeah. um you know the lore is so in-depth and so strong i mean i have two i have the two lore books mm-hmm. that basically tell the you know the story and it goes so deep into stuff that the game doesn't even yeah go into that you know they it's an interesting i mean how long did you have to play and wait to find out who the stranger was in Destiny. Oh yeah, like, well, it's the end of the game. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what the hell? That's the end of the, the original, the first story of the, you know, of the vanilla Destiny. Yeah, you know, and it's I'm excited because I wouldn't mind seeing Destiny is a franchise that I feel is is ripe with like content for like yeah. another form of media, 
and I, I wouldn't mind seeing it because I feel like it would do really well. But at the same time, I, I feel like I feel like Sony never really worried about having like their in-house first-person shooter because for a long time Sony had deals with Activision that like oh play it first on PlayStation you're gonna get map packs a month early a week early whatever it is like and now that and mind you it, it I should say that representative from both Microsoft and Activision I say that they have all the intentions of the world of fulfilling contractual obligations with Sony for them having Call of Duty. That being said, what happens when those contracts are up? And I hate that I was reading online and everyone's like, oh, Sony just bought Bungie because they're responding to Activision. I was like, do you really think that this that the Activision deal happened on a Monday and Friday, Sony called Bungie and they're like, hey, yeah. so we're going to buy – no – these deals take weeks, if not months, to do. They were probably happening around the same time. Okay, so no, Sony did not buy Bungie in response to... And I was like, first of all, those are two separate things. I don't think anyone thinks that Sony buying Bungie and Microsoft buying Activision are the same thing because they're absolutely not. They're not. They're just not. So I have a theory right? Because Destiny is one of the most solid shooters I've ever played. It feels so good. It it feels so good to play. So I look at it and I'm like, I wonder if this is Sony kind of like retroactively trying to prepare for the future. They're like, what if Call of Duty is taken away from PlayStation? Well, now we have Bungie. Sony has Killzone. That you had uh, yeah. Killzone, uh, that yeah. was a PlayStation yeah. Four launch game, yep. and then they haven't, we haven't done anything with Resistance since the PlayStation Three era. I loved Resistance. What was, one, what was the one that was like a World War Two shooter, but it had like monsters and and oh, it was a Sony, it was a Sony game, and it was one, I thought it was one of the launch titles for PlayStation Three. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of like a World War II shooter, but it had monsters, mm-hmm. um, like big giant. Oh man, I, it's gonna. I can't remember the name of the game. Um, and it was, you know, touted at launch. I'm gonna have to. Mm-hmm. But you know, the other thing too at, with Destiny is it gives them. A game or give Sony that revenue of one of those, you know, service model, you know, game as a service yeah. where, you know, like a Fortnite where you're doing seasons and everything. And it gives them that, that which they've never had. Right. And here's the thing. I'm like, where is SOCOM? Where is SOCOM? Yeah. SOCOM basically died because of the recession that happened in 2007, 2008. Because the Sony PlayStation Network came under attack. The PlayStation Network was down for almost two months. The week before that attack happened, the newest SOCOM that relied heavily on online connectivity came out. Last SOCOM came to come out. So I would love to see SOCOM come back. I would love to see Resistance come back. And now that they have Bungie, they're like, hey, you make shooting a gun feel really fucking great. It was Resistance. Was Resistance it? Yeah. Fall of yeah. Yep. Resistance was fucking awesome. 
Like, I loved yeah. the first... Well, actually, I loved every Resistance game. Two was... Okay. Well, three was all right. But the first two were phenomenal. Like, I played those at that time more than whatever the Call of Duty was that was out at that time. Me and my friend Bruno used to play them all the time. Um, and the cool thing about this, and I've heard other people on other podcasts mention this. Um, shout out to Colin Moriarty from the Sacred Symbols podcast. But um, you... So the enemies that you fight are called the Chimera. Yeah. They come from another planet. All the chimera that you fight in that game is because they've infected and taken over humans. So you never actually see what the real chimera look like. You just see what the byproduct of them taking over humans looks like. So I think that's something that could be explored if we go back to Resistance. But I would love to say, hey, you know what? Now we have Bungie. We have SOCOM. We have Resistance. We have Killzone. We have these these shooting franchises that we could do something with. Let's make it like, quote unquote, our Halo, you know, because yeah. Destiny is going to be cross-platform. Like, yeah. I would love to see that because I think that when I look at it, there's no comparison for third-party high narrative games. Sony has that in the bag. Um, in terms of racing games, Sony, I feel, I feel Gran Turismo is better than Forza. I've played both. Um, I prefer Gran Turismo, which was insane to me on why they started doing the whole drive club thing. Cause I was like, why are you releasing a competitor when you have an in-house first party racing game that does great every year? But what Sony is missing is that first person shooter in house. So that's what I'm excited to see. But like I said, I don't want to see Sony be reactionary to anything. Yeah. Like that's what I don't want to see. And, and if they tell me, Hey, you can never play call of duty on PlayStation again. I'm like, Okay. Cool. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I inevitably. Well, it's funny. I was pretty much after Advanced Warfare. I was pretty much out on Call of Duty. Yeah. Wasn't ever really interested. In you it. and a lot of people. <laughs> you know, um, I I got the next one. I can't remember what it was, and never even really even played the story. I just couldn't get into it. Mm. And it's really because of Charlie that I've even played the last couple of them because he's super into it. He wanted to play. He wanted to buy it, and so I bought it. I bought the last two for him, mm-hmm. and since I had them, I was like, oh, I might as well give it a go." Especially, um, you know, it was one of the first games that we had for the PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. With, you know, with actually a PlayStation Five game with that better frame rate and everything like that. Yeah. So I was like, "Hey, look, you know, let me give this a try." And I actually enjoyed the story of the la- of the the latest one, of Vanguard. Mm-hmm. The um, the story was good. The gameplay was good, and you know, like like typical my style, I played multiplayer for about, about a month off and on, and then got bored with it. And I haven't. And in fact, I think I deleted it when I um, reinstalled um, or when I installed Uncharted because, you know, I still have not bought myself a um, portable hard drive yeah. or still haven't taken you know bought the hard drive to put it into the PlayStation. So I'm still playing that game of shuffling what i want to play because you can only only holds about three or four games i did buy the ea sports game pass uh, because i like i like to play the sports games but i'm not into or i'm not it's not important to me to have the latest right the latest uh title i'm fine with last year's madden and i can get them for free with that game pass so yeah also i rest in peace john madden uh, yeah. shout out to I was like, the only reason I know your name is because of video games, and I know that's probably like insulting a lot of people right now because I no, do not actually, give a shit I mean, about football. Yeah, 
he was super proud. Yeah. He was super proud of that game and and what it represented. And I, um, you know, I listened to a lot of the sports podcasts and when in when I was listening to one of them, they were talking about Madden and they were just talking about how there's an entire generation of people that have no idea that he was a coach or yeah. an announcer yep. that only know him as the video game, you know, yeah. video game guy. Like, hey, you're that guy from that game. Yeah, and he's super proud of that. It was like, oh, John Matt was a coach. Like, yeah, someone but, someone made a joke about it of like, um, I guess John Wick, Keanu Reeves. Someone saw Keanu Reeves in a Starbucks or something, and they're like, hey, this is a guy from Fortnite. I was like, how mad would you be <laughs> if you have like this this catalog of an acting career, and some kids like, hey, you're that guy from Fortnite, aren't you? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, some part of you has to die inside. Um. But yeah, man, I um, we'll see how things go. I'm pretty sure that this is not going to be the last acquisition we hear about in the next couple of months. Um, there are some things that I would love Sony to like put their cap in the arena or whatever that phrase is. Um, like I would love to see Sony buy Sega because be Sega owns. Atlas and Atlas makes those uh, Japanese role-playing games Persona that have always kind of already been on PlayStation and been PlayStation-centric anyway. Um, that and um, first of all, Persona One and Two came out on the original PlayStation One, uh, both versions of Persona Two, uh, which is weird because they released one called Innocent Sin and one called Eternal Punishment, but they were kind of like basically the same game, just kind of different. Um, and then Persona 3 was one of the biggest Japanese role-playing games on PlayStation 2. Then they released uh, Persona 3 Fez, which is kind of like the ultimate edition of that game. <clears throat> PSP got a PSP port of Persona 3. One of the biggest selling games on the Vita was Persona 4 Golden, which was a Vita port of the PS2 Persona game, Persona 4. So this history of like, Atlas, which is the company that does Persona, um, and then Sega bought Atlas, so they're under the Sega wing. So I think, like, to me, the reason I bring this up and the reason I went into so much detail about that is because I want to see Sony buy things that make sense. Like, Would you say Ubisoft makes sense for Sony to buy? Ubisoft, I would say... I almost would say I don't want them to buy it because Ubisoft kind of has this like air about them of like being everywhere and uh, like PC, Xbox, Assassin's yeah. Creed has been on everything. Yeah. Far Cry has been on everything. Uh, Tom Division Clancy. Everything. Yeah. Division has been on everything. Uh, the reason why I said Sega is because they have that connection to the Atlas team and it, yeah. it, it's, it has like a history with PlayStation. Uh, but then I'm like, why not Capcom? The last Street Fighter was exclusive to PlayStation, and Resident Evil is heavily associated with PlayStation. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I want Sony to buy things that make sense for Sony. I don't want them to just be like, "All right, what are we gobbling up to make up for the fact that you know there's this huge hitter that was just kind of potentially." We'll see what happens years from down the line. I don't think if you're going to hear any exclusivity deals with like Call of Duty, it's not going to happen. I don't even think it'll happen. This I mean, they're losing so much. These games are, you know, especially Call of Duty, like you mentioned earlier at the top of the episode or top of the um, the conversation. 
it, they nickel and dime you. Yeah. You you know you get twenty dollars for for the battle pass, and you can spend money to you know make your character whatever, and you know yeah. decorations and whatnot. Why would they limit? Because I mean, let's be realistic. How many people do you think, if they made it exclusive, would literally go out and buy a, a Xbox just to have Call of Duty if they otherwise would not? Do you think there's that many? I mean, I don't know. Well, the way I look at it is if you're trying to capture the casual gaming market, is that bigger than the dedicated fan base? So, for instance, I'm not going to buy an Xbox just to play Call of Duty. I don't yeah. care. The last Call of Duty I bought was Call of Duty Cold War. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Stupid name. Just, just call it Call of Duty Cold War. Whatever. Um, I played that game for probably two and a half weeks total. And for the same reason that when Modern Warfare came out, the, the 2018, 2019 Modern Warfare, I loved that game. That has been my favorite Call of Duty in recent years. Played the shit out of it. But sure enough, five, six months into me playing it, I'm already hearing about the new one. And I'm like, then what am I doing here? That and I should also mention, I'd be remiss not to mention it. There is a lot a lot of not so great things happening at Activision Blizzard. Uh, they have sexual yeah. harassment claims coming yeah. out to the point where the um, what is it, the FCC got involved. Um, they have paid out millions. Uh, Bobby Kotick, from what I understand, the CEO of Activision Blizzard, is apparently a piece of shit from everything that I've kind of read. And I believe he's still staying on as CEO. I haven't heard anything of, you know, after the purchase of him not remaining in his seat. But I, I just, once I started hearing that, I was like, oh, Diablo's the only other series that I kind of play, but not really. To the point where I, I'm one of those people, like, it is super hard to vote with your wallet. Because that's what's going to make these companies pay attention. But Activision Blizzard was one of those companies that I was 100% voting with my wallet. Where I was like... I don't have to play your games. Yeah. Like, if I want my shooter fix, I'll play Apex or I'll play Destiny. Like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, that's... And, and you know, like you said, with, with those games, you know they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, they've already said they're going to support Destiny for, I I believe, what, 10 years or yeah, something the like that? 10-year plan. something ridiculous where we don't even really need a Destiny 3. They're just going to kind of reboot and you know, take things away and add things. You touched on something by mentioning that um, your favorite Call of Duty was Modern Warfare. That was mine as well. Mm -hmm. And I think looking at Call of Duty is indicative of where games have gone at the landscape. If you remember correctly, that Modern Warfare was heavy on the single player experience. Yeah. You know, it was a narrative. Um, they even had those little mini game, like mini, I guess, exercises where you could you would have these objectives and collect the stars. Yeah. You could play with one other person, and you know that I had a lot. Of, I got a lot of mileage off of that because again, I don't really enjoy the multiplayer. I'm not big on that. So, but now Call of Duty is small on the narrative and heavy, heavy on the multiplayer. Same thing with you know when you, you talk about games that are going to come out in 2048. When are we going to get GTA 6? Instead, I mean. GTA 5 came out on the PlayStation 3. The PlayStation 3. And it's getting ready to come out on the PlayStation 5. And it's all multiplayer. Every 
you know, quote unquote DLC as a multiplayer expansion. Yeah. And we're, you know, players like me are sitting here waiting for like the a actual single player expansion. Cause that's player, honestly, yeah. I I've mentioned this on the show that every few years I go back to Grand Theft Auto five and it has nothing to do with GTA online. I'll tell you that much right now. I play the story yeah. from the beginning and then I finish it. Sometimes I'll make different decisions, but for the most part, <laughs> I just cut myself off because my favorite moment in GTA five in the story is when you're being introduced to Trevor and Uh there's like a meth biker and he comes to confront him because apparently Trevor is, has been sleeping with his girl. Uh, Well, she was just right on the tip of this penis right here. And I'm like, such a great, such a great moment. But I go back and I play it every once in a while. And it's GTA Five, Minecraft, and Skyrim. Games that refuse to die and will come out on every console. Okay. Yep. Because two, three years from now, you're going to be able to play Skyrim on a pregnancy test. I swear to God. Um, because that <laughs> game comes out on everything. You can play Skyrim on like LG fr- refrigerators with the screen on them. It's absurd. Yeah, that's the, the uh, like Doom. Yeah. Every other day, I see someone else that, ah, this running Doom. Yeah, exactly. This uh, half-eaten turnip that's in my fridge is running Doom 64 right now. Um, But, yeah, it's like, when is, and I've had this conversation about GTA before, where I was like, so what does GTA do now, moving forward? Can GTA ever go back to the single protagonist story? Like... Or have you, once again, like kind of written yourself into a box where you're like, well, we did this great thing. You blew your load on this one thing. And it's, it, it is, it, it's phenomenal. Even from when I played on GTA Online, when I had my group of friends that was playing it, I had, I had, you know, I had a pretty good time. Not as much as I did playing the well, GTA Charlie story. Loves it. Yeah. Um, loves it. And, you know, you get money and you have your car and your garage and it's, it's, it's fun. But... I wonder what that means then for the future. It's like, what do you do now? Can you ever have a GTA with a single protagonist? Well, they they're announcing they announced that six is in development. Finally, they yeah. finally we finally got an announcement out of them. Um, you know, the rumor is heavily that it's going to be Vice City, and supposedly someone on Reddit broke a a map that uh, encompasses you know Vice City or Miami and um, also the Caribbean islands. Yeah is supposedly what what i'm hearing and i mean i i just hope it happens because like i said i'm i'm with you i i'm not interested in in the online at all yeah i mean it i like the idea of it but i want a single player experience yeah i like that it's there but i don't need it to be it's basically what it comes down to yeah so um but uh, again i'm the same way that that is something that i've I played it on PlayStation 3, loved it. As soon as I got my PlayStation 4, that was, in fact, I bought the bundle that it came with it. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember. My first, one of the first things I did, I played through it on PlayStation 4. And I'd say about a year or two ago, I just, I picked it up and played through it again because. It's just so can good. Can we pause yeah. this real quick? Yeah, you've mentioned, uh, not to go off on a random tangent, but I mean, that's mostly what the show is. Um, you mentioned Bitcoin earlier. Um, yeah. How do you feel about NFTs? I I don't. I haven't dove into that yet. Um, 
I was very, I, I used to play around with, with stocks. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, invested not, you know, a tremendous amount of money, but, and I'm a gambler by nature. So I do, I I get real antsy if I put money in a stock and I want to move it around. I want to see it it increase. I want to make a, you know, a big bet. So, um, I've, I decided well years ago that the best thing for me is just to put my money in a fund that's managed by someone. Mm -hmm. And I use, I use a a company called betterment and I just put my money in there. It comes out of my bank account and they invest it. They, they do all the work and it just earns interest and they, and I've done pretty good with them. So I'm pretty loyal to them. Um, and when crypto started blowing up and everyone started talking about it, I just sat on the sidelines. It's, it's not for me. It's very volatile. Um, and then I went to, um, so I drink that Kratom tea and there's a Kratom okay. tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was getting my tea one day and the, they had a bunch of people there with laptops. And I asked the owner, I was like, what's going on? What's, what's this? He goes, oh yeah, it's crypto Saturdays. We have these crypto meetings. And I was like, yeah, what's, so what's the deal with that? And he's like, yeah, we, we have these bots that, um, we run these bots and I was like, well, explain it to me. And he's like, yeah, you know, I made, I made $10,000 in the last like, year and a half or something like that. And I was like, okay, well he, he's like, well, watch these YouTube videos. And there's a series of YouTube videos, but essentially it's, it's these bots that buy and sell. So it's like this constant as the, the things oscillate up and down the coins, mm-hmm. the bot buy and sell, buy and sell. So all day I make like, five cents here, 10 cents here, a dollar here as, as it goes up and down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I put, I threw a little money at it and it's, it's a process, but it's, but to go back to NFTs, I, I don't know enough about them. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't, I know the, I know the concept. I know the idea. I, I I look at it like, it's like, uh, you know, a Mona Lisa. Yeah. You know, it's the same shit. Like, yeah, you can get a, you can get a fake Mona Lisa, but the, you know, the idea is if you have a real one, it's the, you know, the, you know, That's the what's worth money. It. I have a real Mona Lisa type thing. And it's the same thing with an NFT. Um, but I don't know enough to know how to, uh, like Dabble. invest or trade or, you know, yeah. And I don't, I don't have, I don't keep enough coins, mm-hmm to be able to buy because you got to have, you know, you buy the NFTs with usually Ethereum. I think a lot of people buy them with, I don't keep coins. I'm very, very leery about something about crypto, like keep holding it. Right. I, what I do is when my bots make transactions, they turn to dollars and the dollars just kind of go off and then you just, it just buys and sells. Yeah. So, um, no one, no one, I just want to throw this out there. People who have told me that they know everything about NFTs, I've talked to multiple people who were like, oh, this is what it is. None of them sound like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's very, yeah. Because yeah, um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that just because something makes money, that doesn't make it valuable. I know that that sounds weird, antithetical to like, no, the, I know what you mean. like, why are all of them ugly? <laughs> is my question. Yeah. I was like, why all of them look like the stock like OG Xbox 360 avatars that you would make for your yeah, yeah, like yeah. they just look yeah. ugly to me, you know. 
if you like an uh, like uh, like a monkey wearing a hat drinking a soda, then and you want to pay seven thousand dollars for that. Shout out to you. And I know those aren't the only NFTs out there, but one of my favorite things to do is to bully people on TikTok who are super into NFTs. It's probably like the thing that's given me the most joy in my life recently. Because <laughs> the thing is, I know the value of the NFT comes in owning it because you're not really you're not buying the picture. You're just buying yeah, yeah. the right to make money on it authentically is what you're buying. And the, the whole comment section is just like, well, you know, people just screenshotting and they're like, well, I have it now. And the frustration, because the thing is, I was like, you can tell when I when an idea was made by not cool people. And now you're trying to convince me that it's cool when it's not. Like, you yeah. could give a not cool person $6 million, guess what? Now they're just a millionaire, but you're still not cool. And not saying that you should follow things based on what cool people do. But I was like, you're trying to convince me that it's a thing. And the thing is, I'm like, this doesn't have any value to me in terms of, and I'm not talking about value in money. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. value in keeping like it. Like, in tangibility. Like, I feel like things now, physical goods are what are going to have value because you, like, I'm holding this charger. It's in my hand. Like, I have it. Like, I can sell it. Now, if I had a picture of the charger and I was like, I'm the original owner of it. And I can sell the picture to one person and they can sell it to another. I was like, okay, that's great. But like one guy I remember on, I think it was on TikTok and I made a joke about it. I was like, oh, you know, everyone just screenshots it. And he was like, oh, so if I take a picture of your car, it's mine now. And I was like, well, let me tell you why that's a dumb comparison. Because if you take a picture of my car, that doesn't mean you get to just drive my car whenever you want. I still own my car. Yeah. As opposed to like digital art, where if we're talking about like the purpose of art is to be viewed and displayed, I can, you know, theoretically screenshot it and now I have it and now I'm enjoying art for art's purpose. Like it's fulfilling its yeah, purpose. To it. The best ex explanation I heard, the simplest and best was they related it to art. Yeah. And yeah. it's like you think of an Ansel Adams picture. Yeah. You have an Ansel Adams. I can take a picture of an Ansel Adams and enjoy it yeah. as far as the art. But at the end of the day, I don't own an Ansel Adams. Yeah. And to someone that wants to spend their money on an Ansel Adams, that's part of the the mystique of, or you know, the prestige of owning. And it's the same thing with the NFTs. The thing that I, you know, my dad always used to say, I, when I was young, I was always into sports cards. Yeah. Um, you know, football cards, when that football card boom happened in the uh, the mid or the early 90s, yeah. I was like super into football cards. And I remember like having the Beckett price guide and I'd be like, oh, dad, this card's worth $2. This card's worth $4. And he'd tell me, he'd look at me and he'd tell me, he'd be say, he'd say that card's only worth what somebody's going to pay you for it. Yeah. You something's know, only ever worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's only worth so you know, right now these NFTs are hot, but what happens if these people are spending ten, twenty thousand dollars on this piece of digital art, and all of a sudden, like the bottom drops out, and now no one gives shit about them anymore? And that's, you know, that I guess that's the the risk, I guess, with any collectible. But you know, I mean, it's funny because I just watched that documentary on Beanie Babies. Oh yeah, on, uh, I think it was on Hulu or whatever. But just how that market just, you know, and then. Just tanked. Yeah.
Well, it's kind of like those guys. I don't know if you heard the whole Dune thing, where the guys no. bought basically. So, they was an auction of like, I think like the original Dune book or something like that. Uh, it was basically like an extensive concept art book. It had like set designs, character designs, storyboards, like all sorts of stuff on it. Well, it went to auction. These guys bought it for like almost 3 million euros, which I don't know how much that is in real money, but almost 3 million euros. I can't imagine it's, it's, it's a small amount. And they're like, well, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's more. And if you convert euros to mm -hmm. dollars, it's going to be more than $3 million because euro is worth more. So they got it and they're like, oh, our goal is to make the book public um and to produce like an original animated series based on the book and sell it to streaming services and we want to support projects from the community with all the stuff that's in this book well here's the problem they just bought the book but you didn't buy the rights to do yeah you just bought this like one of a kind book with all sorts of concept art storyboarding set designs that that's it you can't just buy it and be like oh well now i'm gonna make a, a, a netflix exclusive series of dune with all the stuff that's in this book it's like no yeah. you don't own the rights to it like you can't do shit with it you just have a really expensive book so well wouldn't uh wouldn't the wu-tang album be akin to a an nft i suppose so here's the thing if i want to pay a million dollars for wu-tang you're gonna let me hear part of it and then that that pharma bro who like jacked up the price of AIDS yeah. medicine, he's the one who bought it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, for a million dollars, Riza better come to my house once a year and perform that whole album in person. Okay, Live. in person, and Ghostface is beatboxing in the background. Okay, like, uh, yeah, it's hard to say, man. The, the, with things like that, I'm like, you have to intrinsically prove this thing's value to me. And no one has been able to do that yet. So I'm like, this is just not for me. And the thing is, I'm like, I see a lot of people making money on it. Yeah. You know who else made a lot of money? The guy who made the pet rock. Yeah. Try to sell the pet rock today. For those of you, the younger the younger crowd, back in the 80s. Was it the 80s? No, no, it was the 70s. 70s? I think, the pet rock. So someone's just yeah. like, here's a rock in a box. And it's your pet rock. And fucking sold millions. All right. That guy probably never had to work another day in his life. Okay. Look at Chia Pets. Chia Pets made money. I'm pretty sure I still see them in CVS every once in a while. But at least a Chia Pet is a plant. And it has a purpose. It's a plant. Yeah. It's something you do. I I, I tend to look at anything like this. And, and it's for, similar to crypto and other, you know, similar to the, I'm sure you remember the GameStop saga of recent... <laughs> Um, you know, the, oh, yeah. the uh, Wall Street bets oh, yeah. fiasco. And I look at it like by the time, if, if you're not living in that world, by the time someone like us hears about this kind of stuff, the ship has sailed to make yeah. a tremendous amount of money. You know, same thing with GameStop. By the time it was like on the local news and, you know, by the time my dad's talking about GameStop, you're not making that money. It's the people that heard about it before anybody else. In did. fact, by the and, time you heard about it, like Robin Hood yeah. and all of those apps yeah. already said you cannot buy and sell this. Yeah. 
So yeah. yeah uh, I don't know how we got on a tangent about NFTs. I know that they were selling Castlevania NFTs at one point. Um, and I'm like, okay, like an NFT, like if someone's, if, if, let me put it this way. If Hideo Kojima was like, hey, I'm going to make NFTs for like Metal Gear with like original Metal Gear concept art, things like that. I'd be like, all right, cool. This is something that has interest to me. And I actually see a market for this because, you know, video game history, video game lore, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. But someone's like, oh, here's a chimp, you know, fucking a coconut wearing a pirate's uniform. And I'm like, but for why? For what? For, I don't, I don't. Yeah, nah, bro, I'm good. It was funny. Uh, Charlie, Charlie went to Comic Con with uh, one of our, um, with with Ronnie. You know Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she took she took Charlie to Comic Con and uh, she she texts me and she's like, "Hey, he wants this gun. It's sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Can can he buy it? You know." I was like, "Well, sixty dollars. Like, what is mm-hmm. it?" And he texts me and he's like, it's the Ace of Spades, Dad. From Destiny. And he Hell yeah. He a picture of it. I was like, yes, he can spend six Buy on that. two of them, Absolutely. son. <laughs> I will catch up the money right now. Yeah. Because it wasn't, you know, she's like, but it's just like this foam plastic. I'm like, no, no, no you don't understand. You don't understand. That's the Ace of Spades. That's Kate's 16 gun. Yeah. He can have that R. for $16. <laughs> You know, and it's more of, it's a showpiece. It's not, he's not going to play with it. It's up in his room. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's right next to his Cade 6 statue. Yeah, I have a Cade 6 statue somewhere uh, that came with Destiny. Um, Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, God. You make having kids sound so fun. I think I told you that (laughs) last time we were on the show. Yeah, no, now we're, he's, he's super into the shoes now, man. In fact... You, that's the one thing that I've decided. I was talking to you know Judith about it earlier today. Mm-hmm. I'm every drop, every Jordan drop. I'm just gonna buy it. it. If I get it in the lottery, I get it. If I don't, I don't. And I may not wear them. I may try to resell them. But you know, I um, I got the cool grades for all of them. And his Charlies are worth. You know, now they're not because he's been wearing them, but they're they're like tripled in price. I'll be and, honest. And a, that's exactly why. I have gotten out of the shoe game. And if you look in my closet right now, the majority of the shoes I have are Vans. Because they're comfortable, they're cheap, and they hold up. But because the reseller market got so insane for Jordans, and like the same thing with like PS5s, where just people were putting bots out there to like get these pre-orders and stuff, and it just became so radically difficult for it, I was like... I just, I told myself, I was like, unless it's a pair that I'm truly, truly in love with, like the Flint 13s, right? Mm-hmm. I'll probably buy a pair of those at one point. I had those in middle school. I love them. Fire Red 4s, Fire Red 5s, Cement 3s, like those. I'll mm-hmm. probably buy, but I'm not paying someone $900 for them. I'm not. No, I, I won't know. buy the, I won't buy and resell. In fact, I'm big into the Air Force Ones now. Yeah. They're, it's that sweet spot. They're about a hundred bucks, yeah. 110, 130. They, they come in, you know, different varieties. They're comfortable as shit. They fit me perfect. You have a pair of black. So Air I'm more, I'm bigger into that right now. And I look at it like this. If, if I get them in the lottery, I get them. If not, then I just, I move on. Yeah. I won't buy them on the resale market. Cause it's just, that's too much. Yeah. It's, I was like, you know, I really don't want to go through this with someone. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like um, I still have my, my, PlayStation, my PG PlayStation, the PG the original. Yeah, the I still have them in the box. I think I've worn them once. Um, what size are they? But you know, it's just 
No. Well, if if you ever want to come off of those, those I'll consider because I didn't get those. I didn't. I didn't even yeah. get the second version of them that came out. Um, but Charlie has the four or the fives. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. It's funny because I look at like a lot of stuff I have, and I'm like, I. You know, I. I'm, we're similar in tastes we're similar in like personality like we don't go out to bars and shit i mean we will every once in a while but like you know i don't want to speak for you but like i don't spend money on like you know crazy shit but like the things yeah. that i enjoy i will buy money on i will i will spend money on i mean like uh i just bought another dual sense controller why because it was that badass shade of red that crimson red that's the one charlie picked yeah and I was yeah. like, crimson around, like, sure. Do, do I already have two white ones? Yes. Do I need a third? Not really. I mean, when one dies, I just, my PlayStation 5 is literally right here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right here. And did I buy the matching cover for it that hasn't come in yet? Okay. Maybe. Um, I got mine. I can, it's just as easy to play with mine plugged in than it is to play with without it. Exactly. Because it's still plugged. So. You know, but it, 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 it all comes down to what you enjoy and what you're willing to spend on. And ultimately, and whatever, anything has value to the point of whatever someone is willing to pay, pay for it. You know, like you're, yeah. like you're telling your dad, like, everything is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. Is Activision Blizzard worth, <laughs> you know, almost it is, 70 it is to, uh, billion dollars? It is to Microsoft. Um, if I never had to play Call of Duty again, would I be happy? I wouldn't hate it. I told myself this before any of this ever happened. I was like, I am not even going to play Call of Duty until that shit is annualized like Rocket League. Yeah. You know? Same thing with like... Or like Destiny. Or like Destiny. Why am I buying a new one of these every year? It's the same thing. No one wants to see Raven do something new. No one wants to see Infinity Ward do something new. Like, or Sledgehammer do something new. You just want them doing call. You just want to say, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. And we did the whole thing of like going super futuristic and then everyone hated it. And now it's like, oh, well, let's go old school. If I have to storm the beach of Normandy one more fucking time, I swear to God, I'm going to have an aneurysm. Okay. All right. I'm done storming the beach of Normandy. I'm done with D-Day. I'm done with World War II Germany. All right. I don't care anymore. All right. Yeah. At this point, I feel like I was there. All right. I, next time I go to IHOP, I'm like, I'm sorry, do you give veterans discounts? Because do you know how many times I've stopped the Third Reich? Do you know how many times I've personally killed Hitler? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, how is Vanguard any different than World at War and all these other, you know, these other games? And it's it's interesting. I I think World War Two is so popular because it's, it's got – you can't do World War One because the games are just boring. I mean, the guns are just boring. Yeah. There's only so much you can do. But with World War Two, you can kind of get there. I don't know. Or commit wow. and do that. Do the Revolutionary War where everyone's running around with a musket. <laughs> you know, you're just loading the, the, the powder and then you got the rod and, you know, you drop your bullet in and then you shoot your, your singular round off and there's a guy in the back playing the flute getting his arm blown off, you know, then drums. commit. Yeah. There's a guy with the drums, you know, commit, give me something new. I'm fucking tired. That's what I said. When I heard that they bought call to it, I was like, I don't care. I don't care. That's like, if you told me that they bought the people who do Sonic, I was like, I don't care about yeah. Sonic. 
Like, yeah. I just don't. So, well, yeah. But, Kenny, I feel like we've covered a wide spectrum of things today. Indeed. Acquisitions. Uh, the Locks clearly winning their yeah, verses over, over Dipset as much as I'm, I'm a huge Dipset fan. All right. Um, NFTs. Well, you know how I feel about Jadakiss. Yeah. So, <laughs> to like be vindicated, oh, yeah. to see him having the moment that he had, you know. And all these people are like, oh, my God. He's, I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you guys. Jadakiss is a fucking savage. <laughs> okay, let me just say that right now. Jadakiss is like Jadakiss and Styles P, they do this shit. They the do that. They are. This is their life. All right. This is their life. I think at one point he said, oh, I didn't get rich and buy a house in Miami. He's like, I still yeah. live in New York. I was like, oh. Uh. People don't realize I think what people don't re- didn't realize is how funny he is. Oh yeah, Jadakiss is fucking and, hilarious. <laughs> and I, you know, obviously listening to him like I did, I always knew, but I don't know if you remember or you could ever find it, but he did this radio interview where he talks about about Diddy and he mm-hmm. talks about like I don't care about his bodyguards. I'll drop a, a refrigerator on that motherfucker. <laughs> it was it is the funniest interview I think I've ever heard in my life. Oh god, I love it. I fucking love it. See, I, that's what I miss. I'm like, this is why it's hard for me to be interested in rap now because I'm like, the bar was just set so high in terms of like lyrically, like socially, culturally, the impact that like when disc records were a thing, and I remember like like the game versus 50 cent and like the mid two thousands and whole G unit thing. And, and I knew we were done when, was it, who was it? Drake and somebody had a, some kind of beef. Pusha I T. can't remember who, who was it? Pusha T or Meek Mill. Maybe I can't, it was Drake and somebody. Probably Meek Mill. And, and who? Meek, Meek Mill. Yeah. 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 It was Drake and, and they put out that song, and everybody went nuts. Oh, my God, he killed – I'm like – Did he? Wait a minute. I'm like, have you not heard Ether? Yeah, Ether like, was the greatest – first of all, oh, God, I can't even – I'm like, are, are you – are we really having this – like, that was light work, man. Yeah. Like, Ether, you have – like, come on. And I, I was, and I knew that, that we were in a place where these people, these young – you know, younger people didn't appreciate history. If you're you're talking about this as an all timer, no. Like Ether, hit 'em up. Come on, hit 'em up is one of the greatest songs ever written. Just because that whole, I can just imagine the people who were in lied. the studio just looking at him and being yeah, like, "What? How do you get better than that? Is happening? What is happening?" I could just imagine like whoever was in the studio, they're looking at me like, "Okay, <laughs> you sickle cell motherfucker!" I was like, "What the?" <laughs> so my forty-four makes sure all of your kids don't grow no more. Yeah, yeah that. that is... Oh, you want me to be impressed because Drake said something that rhymed with Meek Mill, and they're like, "Oh, the subliminal." <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Ugh. God. Yep. Why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over. Oh god, I feel that's a good jumping off point. So, Kenny, is there anything else that you want to share with us before we depart? Uh, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm like, like thanks we, for having yeah, me. I, I like, appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm always excited to do this. 
it's way past my bedtime, <laughs> but I'm happy to be here, and uh, I look forward to hearing this. No, man, I'm I'm super happy to have you on. Anytime you're on here, I know I'm in for a good time, um, because not only are you someone that enjoys not just Sony, but video games as general, like I do, but we have a lot of similar interests, and you are one of the more informed people in my friends group uh, when it comes to these things. And you, you kind of look at things like I do. So I'm, I'm always thrilled. I don't know if that's like a, like a narcissist thing. Cause it feels like I'm having a conversation with myself, but God damn it. <laughs> I have good conversations. All right. I, that's not my fault. All right. Sure. So, but I'm, I'm super thrilled to have you anytime on the show. I'm sure it won't be the last, still the reigning champ in terms of recurring visits on the gaming disorder podcast. Um, you'll be our, our, our third rotating chair. You know, you'll when 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 the plaque is made for the Gaming Disorder podcast, somewhere in the background there will be a picture of Kenny O. So perfect. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much. Of course, um, if you enjoy the show and enjoyed listening and just laughed or cried at this episode, you know, feel free to support us over at Patreon.com/slash The Gaming Disorder Podcast. We have multiple tiers to support there. Please feel free to check it out. We appreciate anyone who supports us and listens to the show, and we will see you next time.